0: on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. All right, another Friday. Oh, Kathy's getting the door. We must want to be secret today.
1: So she, she just. I'm shut just up not in. sure how noisy oh, they're going to be in the back that's
2: room.
0: That's right. well, so yeah. yeah. Good idea.
1: We have some people here doing some production work in. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. What, you yeah. Know. Okay. It could get crazy. Well. And we don't want crazy. No,
0: uh, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We finally made it to Friday. Yeah. I didn't think it was ever going to get here, and this morning it was the same situation. I sure hope we can sleep in tomorrow. Well, you,
0: I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. Well,
1: I don't know. I know you can't, because we'll have Coach's Corner. Yes,
0: we will have that.
1: You know, and that's the one thing with Coach's Corner that is a little bit different this year with the new coach.
0: Yeah, we got kids coming in. He'll bring a couple of players in. Yeah. So Which that's kind of nice.
1: Kind of nice. Kind of get their feel for, you know, the game. And you also get to learn a little bit yeah. about the kids. Well,
0: it's uh, it's like he said. He said, I'm, I'm, coaches do all the talking all the time. They're the ones playing. they get to at least, you know, say <laughs> something at some point.
1: So. Well, that's kind of neat. I like that.
0: Some coaches don't like their kids. To talk? To talk. Well, <laughs> for a very simple reason. Uh, sometimes they don't know how to deal with. Idiot reporters, uh, and they'll say something they shouldn't say um, because they don't. They don't have the. You know what I'm talking about. It takes a little bit of experience or whatever that when some jerk asks you. So uh, your coach is an idiot, right? Because he called that play. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, um, I I don't know, coach. You know, just if if you don't know to say, it's not really a, a. Appropriate That's not a question. subject I'd I really like to talk don't about. I really think I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, you know, it, kids usually do extremely well. I always ask the coach first just to be sure because there's some that won't let them get on social media.
1: Well, and I can all. see that. Yes, I I totally get for it for the
0: same reason they say things they shouldn't <laughs> say. You know, and it's like. I love Eric Teal, but one time...
1: Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, yeah,
0: it's a, it's another Teal story. <laughs> um, one time it was a sectional final, sectional semifinal. And we ran a pick-all play at second, which was our no-look play, which is the one that always works, or at least most of the time. Uh, you don't look at second. You just... Okay, well, the signal was the pitcher would grab a little bit of dirt and toss it The shortstop would do the same thing to let him know he had the
1: he saw it yeah
0: and the catcher do the same thing because they're all involved the catcher's got to drop his glove to let him know there's that's when to throw the ball because pitcher ain't gonna look (laughs) until he sees that glove drop and it always works and i think i think I don't know if we won the game on it, but it was a key play in the game. And afterwards, you know, you ran that pick-all play. What, what's, what's been? Oh, oh, we call that dirt. We pick up dirt and toss it. And
1: oh, we call that the dirt play. We
0: call that dirt. And the signal is you pick up dirt and toss it. So this is in the paper.
1: Uh, uh, uh. So So there goes the our The signal play. is gone. So it's like, Eric, you, you didn't need to
0: tell him what the signal was. because. Yeah, oh, darn God. it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, but, you know, he didn't have any idea. It was, but it was, boy, did he, <laughs> we weren't mad at him at all because, you know, but it, it wasn't like it's the end of the world or really, anything. But, boy, did Tony just, he was mer- merciful <laughs> in the, the sarcastic uh, humor that he, almost every day there would be another sarcastic joke about bat, <laughs> so, and everybody got in on it you know that when somebody's on you know you're wow you're, you got guys yelling from the outfield we're running dirt
1: <laughs> that is yeah. yeah yeah
0: it was it was a, it, it was in this case I thought I didn't think it was funny but it, well, it's not a big deal but you know think about that if he says something that he shouldn't say you know like well, we weren't sure we we're going to have John this week because he got caught uh, drinking on Thursday. You know, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and kids will do stuff like that, or they'll come on and say, oh, those guys suck. We were good. We were we were going to beat them from." The... Okay, you don't. A kid doesn't you know never do that yeah. Kid doesn't know that that's going to bring negative repercussions for saying something like that cuz you become billboard material and believe me <laughs> I used to look in the papers for that stuff and when somebody would say something like that I'd blow it up to giant poster size and put it up in the locker room. <laughs> so yeah, we I didn't hesitate to play that game of he's dissing you. <laughs> So you better better make you gonna let him do that? So you know, that's that's why a lot of coaches don't want their kids to talk. talk.
1: Please just don't talk.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, there are certain guys that you know are gonna handle it okay, but there are other guys that, that, that won't. And so I understand, like I said, a lot of coaches won't even let their kids on social media during the season.
1: Yes. Um,
0: so just to stop that kind of stuff from happening.
1: Yeah. I totally understand it. You just, you know. But these they,
0: guys, it, it, uh, it I it. Well, I'm
1: sure you're not one of those reporters. No, I'm
0: there. not. I'm not asking them. You know, have you stopped yeah. beating your girlfriend? Yes or no. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. And but, you
1: don't ask them to judge the coaches. No, calls. no, 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 no.
0: Well, basically, what I like having them in for is I can ask them what they were thinking at a certain moment or. Uh, like we had Michael Gibbons in this week. He's a running back. And I said, I know that they got his own blocking. What are you looking for when they hand you the ball? That's what I like. And I kind of like to do that with the coaches too because as much as the average fan thinks he knows more than any one of the best signs I ever saw. I'm not going to say the school was that, but there was somebody put up a sign just like at Plymouth, a lot of the fathers stand down by the fence.
1: Uh, Yes.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, they had ex high school fathers section career record two hundred and fifty thousand and O. So you know it, it. That's what goes on. I know that. But if you haven't played the stuff that goes on, you miss. You know what I mean? Like I hear people. Correct. I if you never played, no. you don't
1: get the whole thing. So
0: you know when they say, "Well, I was the stupidest play call in the world," right. they don't understand that it was a really good one and a guy didn't execute. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's not something I'm going to report. Like, well, <laughs> Joe screwed up on that play, or
1: you're not going to call see, the kid out on that.
0: No, I'm not calling anybody out on most anything. Well,
1: that's nice of you. Well.
0: It's high school.
1: Your it ha- is a learning experience, your, believe it or not. Your
0: kids aren't making anything, obviously. They're just there. And and your coach is making about $5,000 a year to coach that sport. So, you know, wh- how can you call somebody? Basically, a coach is pretty much a volunteer. No more than he's getting paid.
1: <laughs> yes, you're so, totally right.
0: Why would I call a guy like that out? You know, there's as long as as long as as there's nothing immoral or unethical going right. on, I'm not calling anybody out for because it, it's, it's amateur.
1: Right. No, I totally agree.
0: Pros, that's a different thing. They know that's part of the territory. They're getting paid to do. It. I mean, I right. don't, I don't have a problem with being a little rough there if it, it's necessary, but you know, I. High school. I'm not going to call him by out for anything. I might call some parents out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, which there's I have, some that could should be called. Which out. I
0: have done before.
1: Oh yeah, well, I had to be very careful there because. Uh,
0: well, I don't call him out by name.
1: I I actually have a family member that. Uh, <laughs> be called out multiple times i know what you're talking about i, I have a family member who uh, hasn't given up yet even though they I, don't live here anymore yeah. they still are harassing so yeah well yes so anyway we are going to have a show today um oh i guess first we should go back coach's corner saturday mornings 8, 8 a.m tune in if you don't if you want to sleep in on saturday morning and you miss it it is podcast so if you yes. go to our website at am ten fifty dot com you scroll all the way down to the bottom yep there is a link there uh for shows and then you find the podcast and you can find it that way yeah so yeah go go check it out
0: and then tonight six thirty oh, that's games, right. seven o'clock game we will be at Mishawaka. so
1: <sighs> another i, uh, had, I, uh, I yeah
0: Another long trip.
1: Another long game, probably.
0: Four out of five will be on the road against teams that are... Let's put it this way. If you start with Kokomo and end with Northwood, (laughs) in that span of one, two, three, four... Five six, in that span of six games. Right now, you have five undefeated teams, and all of them. Whenever I talk to media people from around, they say, "Oh, it's the best team we've ever had." So it's the perfect storm of everything that's going to go wrong because you got us, who's pretty much playing sophomores. Correct. So, and some you know, of them, and- this is the first time they've ever been on a football field, especially on friday night
1: we and that's the one thing you know don't blame the coach he's new this year well, don't blame anybody going um, you know gonna happen. yeah you're gonna have to give him a couple of years to to get the program up and going and you know to be able to um get the feeder part Oops, sorry yeah that's coming the, in as he wanted
0: that's the main thing right there
1: so yeah you can't blame the coach right now uh you know uh why These are kids are young and inexperienced, and that's that's where we're stuck right now. Yeah, so, you don't
0: need to blame anybody. Uh, yeah. It's high school just, football. Just,
1: unfortunately, we've, we have chosen to have a very tough season uh, to prepare us for tournament time. And, you know, it makes for a long season when you're not winning.
0: Well, when you don't have – every school goes through it. You go through a class where – In this case, there wasn't a lot. of. I mean, I think there were only four seniors on a team. Maybe there's more. Maybe a couple more. But there's four that actually play a lot. Um, And just a handful of juniors. They just didn't have people going out. Right. In those classes. And when you don't have numbers in a class, it really hurts you.
1: Exactly. In football.
0: Other stuff, no.
1: And and I'm going to say that that part of this is actually the students that they – Kids are different than they were just a few years ago. Oh, yeah. They are not... They don't want to be as dedicated to... I forgot to turn it off. They don't want to be as dedicated to a sport as in past. You know, it it takes a lot to get into any one of the high school sports. You've got to you're not just committing to the season you're committing basically to preseason and and over the summer workouts and those kind of things so uh it
0: depends on who you're talking about though um, I just think
1: a major a lot of kids have backed off from that maybe they're dedicating themselves more to their education realizing you know football isn't gonna get me anywhere where when yeah. I graduate high school, you know, when I go to fill out my resume and I put I was a Rocky football player on there, uh, that's not going to impress my employer. No. But if I put on there that I was an honor roll student or, you know, I National Honor Society or something like that, that is more impressive to an employer. So that could be part of it, although to me, being involved on team sports like that shows that you have learned, you've been taught how to be a team player. And a lot of employers are looking for team players, right. not individuals who want to stand out on their own, but the, those who realize it takes a team to get a job done. Yeah. So. Well,
0: in this case, once again, let's put it in perspective, it's high school football. Correct. It's not, nobody's nobody's uh making bank or anything like that it's high it's just high school kids playing a game yes it is it gets way too psycho
1: somebody's putting their lips on your window
0: okay <laughs> i'm um, a i'm a veteran i'm not I, <laughs> that not, doesn't that's, scare no, you right? no you're gonna have to go a little further than just that
1: um the oh
0: p- no that wasn't a challenge that was not <laughs> a challenge not <laughs> yeah, yeah. At we, all. we
1: might want to not want to see what
0: comes. Yeah, next. yeah. Uh,
1: the Plymouth First United Methodist Church at 400 North Michigan Street, right here in Plymouth, is having a pork tenderloin sandwich and fries fundraiser cooked by Ralph Smith this Saturday. They're going to be serving from 11 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon in their west parking lot, which is right between the church and Reddy Mart. It is drive-through service only. The cost is $12. You get a tenderloin sandwich and an order of fries. And the proceeds will benefit the mission trips. Mm -hmm. If you are interested in getting your tickets before tomorrow's event, you can call the First United Methodist Church at 936-2943. That's 574-936-2943. Wonderful. We are going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show this morning. Marshall County Sheriff Matt Hassel is going to be with us. He's actually actually today. He is candidate Matt Hassel. Okay. He is running yeah. for sheriff, and so he's going to be coming in, uh, telling you about himself, what the job is, uh, about the department, um, and trying to encourage you to vote for him um, in the coming election on November eighth. So, in the meantime. Uh, couple of stories we definitely want to talk about. Uh, The first one, a South Bend man was arrested by county police. Um, This actually happened in the area of U.S. 31 and 14th Road on Wednesday, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, 39-year-old Joshua Campbell of South Bend was found to be operating a vehicle without ever obtaining a license, which he had a prior conviction for. Uh, During that traffic stop, a firearm was located inside of the vehicle, and he has been determined, a judge, to be a serious, violent felon. Well, felons are not allowed to have firearms. So he was transported to the Marshall County Jail and booked in for possession of a firearm by a serious, violent felon and operating a vehicle without ever obtaining a driver's license with a prior conviction, and he is being held out there on a $3,000 cash bond.
0: Serious violent felon.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, that's major. I make, That
0: That implies there's something...
1: He did something really bad. It
0: implies there's also ah! uh, something called a comic violent felon. Right? If it's a serious violent oh, felon...
1: Oh, no, I don't think so. Wouldn't there be
0: a comic violent felon? No.
1: There might... I don't, I don't even know if there's such a thing as a minor violent felon or
0: comes in and tells, you know, does his stand up act and and by the time he's done bad. by the time he's done, they're handing him bags of money to leave <laughs> is what you know, that would be an interesting way to rob a bank.
1: i I don't think that. oh works. okay. all right. on Tuesday, Officer Beatty with the Plymouth Police Department uh, did a traffic stop at Michigan and Adams Street about four o'clock in the afternoon. 49-year-old Heather Hook of Arcadia, Indiana, was taken into custody for driving while suspended with a prior suspension within 10 years. This is actually a Class A misdemeanor. She was lodged in the Marshall County Jail on a $500 cash bond. Uh, Those of you who may be looking for a part-time job or a full-time job, the Indiana Department of Transportation is looking for dedicated individuals who want to get this help serve fellow Hoosiers this winter. Yes, NDOT is going to be hosting a winter seasonal hiring event on Wednesday, September the 28th from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. in 13 locations across the, straight, the state. Here, it'll be held at the Plymouth Subdistrict at 2845 Jack Greenley Drive, also known as Commerce Drive in Plymouth. That is actually, if you turn go, go west on 30 and then turn at the Love's truck stop, head north, that's back there where, where it's going to be held. Winter seasonal positions run November 1st through April 1st. Pay starts at $20 an hour for full-time operators and $14 an hour for snowplow-only operators. Personally, I feel their pay is a little bit low. Uh, really? I do, but. Okay. Um, the job duties include performing general highway maintenance, traffic maintenance, snow and ice removal, and other duties related to winter operations. Here's the kicker, though a valid CDL is required to be considered for seasonal employment. Sure. So that $14 an hour, you've got to have a CDL. That is why I think it is too low. But okay. once again, it is going to be happening on Wednesday, September the twenty eighth, here at the Plymouth Sub District uh, on Gary or not on Gary Drive. On Jack Greenley Drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I um, say you're
0: talking to the wrong guy if you're asking for a street name. You gotta tell <laughs> me what it's near. I don't have any idea. Love's truck stop. There you go. Yeah. Cortiva? Mm-hmm.
1: You know where Corteva is? Yep. Okay. See, I still want to call it Pioneer Seed, but Yeah. Well, Corteva. Yeah. Um, I also did a story. I was able to acquire, um, the filing for the estate of Tiffany Helbling. She was. She is uh, a woman that died in the Marshall County Jail last year uh, in May uh, of uh, 2021, and her estate has filed a lawsuit against the Marsh Marsh County Sheriff's Department, a.k.a. Marsh County Sheriff Matt Hassel. That's how they actually have it listed on the court docket. Um, Quality Correctional Care, then Samantha Howard, Shane Jolly, D.W. Johnson, Jay Hendricks, and other unknown deputies, nurses, and other jail employees. Uh, they actually filed it on August 17th of this year in Marshall Circuit Court for neglect and or wrongful death of Tiffany Helbling. Um, and the case has been brought forward by Jennifer Louder on behalf of the estate. Um, Mrs. Helbling did have two children. And so, uh, you know, I believe that's... She's bringing it forward uh, for those two children. Um, and, it, you know, the thing is long. It's like 26 pages long, so... I read through the whole thing, but I didn't use the whole thing. Um, But there are three counts against uh, the Sheriff's Department in the jail. Uh, One is the violation of the 4th, 8th, and 14th Amendments. The second one is uh, policy, procedures, and practice. And the third count is state law claims of negligence, wrongful death against all defendants. I know. You're going to look up the 4th, 8th, and 14th Amendment.
0: Right 4th. Number 4. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. You said 8. Uh huh. Bails, fines, and punishments. Excessive bail should not be required, nor excessive fines imposed. No cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. What was the other one? 14. And they're all in roman numerals so i can translate <laughs> as i a, go a, a, an okay and a four ones minute 14 is really really long it's got like five sections but it's about it says civil rights is the title of the uh this uh amendment and it encompasses a lot uh Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't. Not going to. Civil rights. Yeah. Well, it's. Her civil rights were infringed upon, basically. Basically, yeah.
1: So uh, going back on May 18th, Tiffany Helbling was arrested. I don't know by who. It doesn't really matter. um, During a traffic stop for being, allegedly being under the influence of Xanax. Uh, She was lodged in the Marshall County Jail. Um, Now, her estate, and you've got to remember that this is her estate is saying this. This. We do not have verification of everything that happened. That will come out in court. So you can say this, but until it gets in the court, right. you don't get both sides of the story. No. So, well, um, and
0: the sheriff's or the county's side, they're not going to say a word. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, so um, she, she, her estate claims that during her intake interview, she told them that she suffered from asthma and that she was coughing up. She's been sick. With asthma, um, and so they they at that point feel that she did not receive proper medical evaluation or treatment. She was screened for suicide mental health issues or mental health issues and was placed in a designated suicide watch cell. Now again, that's what they've said. Uh, on the twenty second, a jailer found Helpline lying on the floor next to a brownish yellow substance, um, and allegedly failed to seek proper medical attention for her again at that time, which I'm guessing she threw up. Yeah. Um, on the 23rd, uh, about 7.30 in the morning, a, another jailer found Tiffany lying on in her cell in her own urine and did not seek medical assistance for her. Um, about 8 o'clock that morning, they brought breakfast to her. Uh, they said that she was unresponsive. I don't know. Does that mean she's laying in bed and they bring the, and she just failed to turn over and acknowledge that they came in the room? You know, who knows for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but then at 9.02, 02, uh, an hour later, they began emergency protocols to resuscitate her. Uh, she was transported to the Plymouth Hospital where she was pronounced deceased. They did do an autopsy. Now, this, this is, see, this is where I'm questioning, and I, I can get the autopsy and find out. They did do an autopsy and determined that she suffered from bilateral pneumonia. That did not say that she died from pneumonia. Right. It says she suffered from pneumonia. So there is no cause of death listed there. Uh, so, you know, until you get into the real court part of all of this. Um, but the lawsuit basically says they're seeking comp- cons-
0: compensatory. Yes,
1: compensatory and putative damages uh, remedies and just relief, including recovery of attorney fees and court costs. Um, and they are, have asked for a trial jury and are leaving the financial portion of it up to the trial jury. So th- this is in the very early beginning stages, I will tell you. Um, and I would actually tell you, going through, I, I went on my case and ha- finally was able to find it. It took me some time. But... Um, this has been going on for months and months and first her ex husband and this woman were the two who were applying, you know, were yeah. going to now the ex husband has dropped out of the case and, and it's just this other woman who mm-hmm. is applying for the ch- the children. And I it could be her sister or, or a relative. Yeah, that's I what don't I was know, but, assuming, but Yeah. Uh, you don't get all that information um unless you go to court. So right. I, I I would venture to say that it'll probably be next summer before we see this case in court. for sure. Um, By the time we go through all of the ins and outs and ups and downs of the whole thing. So, yeah, but um, let's see. Do we have, you know, I did get the monthly um, sheriff's report. Sheriff Hassel is going to start sending that out to the media so that we get it uh, each month. And it just gives you a really kind of, Interesting rundown. So this is the August uh, jail report, uh, Sheriff's Department report. It talks about all kinds of things. So this is kind of interesting. The top 10 reasons individuals are lodged in the Marshall County Jail. The first one is for failure to appear. appear. Something so simple as going to court when you're supposed to go. They had 23 individuals in August be arrested for failure to appear. The second one is possession of marijuana. I know a lot of people want to make marijuana legalized, but in the state of Indiana, it is not. And there were 14 people arrested for possession of marijuana. Operating while intoxicated. Now that one, definitely. Right. 12 people. Resisting law enforcement. Nine. Possession of methamphetamine. Nine. Dealing in a controlled substance slash meth. Nine. Probation violations. Eight. Eight. Possession of controlled substances, seven. Operator never licensed, six. And possession of a syringe, five. You know, if you do not have a reason to have a syringe, so if you're not a diabetic or you're not on some kind of medication where you have to give yourself injections, you're, you are no. you can't be walking around with needles like that. Right. There were a total of 103 people booked into the Marshall County Jail in August by the various police agencies in the county. Bourbon booked three people. Bremen had four. Culver had one. The Indiana State Police had four. Two of those four with the Indiana State Police were released with no judicial review, which means they did not get their paperwork filed within the 48 hours, and so they had to let them go. It doesn't mean that they're Scott Free, no. they're, they're they're still going to pay for, you know, they're, they're going to get their day in court, but right. they're not sitting in jail. The Plymouth Police Department had 18 with no judicial review, and two of them had no judicial review. But get this, the Marshall County Sheriff's Department, 84 arrests in August. Yeah. One no judicial review, which means those guys got their paperwork done, yeah. and, and so they could keep them in jail and, and and get business taken care of.
0: I was gonna say you don't hear about that around here very often. No, somebody released for no judicial um, review. Not
1: not real often, but it, it does happen. Yeah. Um, the average daily population in in the jail during August was one hundred and forty five point seven. There were a to, there were in July, or August there were a total of one thousand three hundred and sixty six total active warrants. Marshall County Police responded to a total of 52 accidents last month. 40 of those were property damage accidents. 11 of them were personal injury accidents, which means somebody was hurt and transported. And one was a fatality. Uh, The County Police issued 41 warnings and or citations and completed 70 case reports. Now, here's another one that you need to pay attention to. The Marsha County Central Dispatch Center handled 3,450 non-emergency and administration calls. That means somebody's calling for information, to talk to somebody, da, da, da. Not, an, not a you not know, an Not emergency. an emergency situation. Um, there were 1,462 911 calls. That's a total of 4,912 calls in one month. Of those 911 calls, those 1,462 911 calls, 99.32% of those calls were answered in less than 15 seconds.
0: Well, that's good.
1: So that shows that, you know, they're sitting there, they're waiting for your call, and they're ready and willing to take it. Yep. So, all right. Why don't we take our first break of the morning?
0: We got pizza bills to get Uh-huh.
1: Aha! It is Friday. That means pizza a fifteen-dollar gift certificate.
0: That's exactly what it is. How did you know that?
1: I, I have ESP. Well,
0: here, let me put it up to my head like the Great Carnac <laughs> oh, yes. or whatever his yes. name was. Uh five at five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. Caller five is gonna get uh, fifteen dollars at Pizza Bills, so start dialing. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County. With programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price, you can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliance for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance Propane, seriously local.
1: Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal call apex waste large or small we'll take your call when you choose apex waste there's no long-term contracts no hidden fees and no taxes what we say is what you pay apex waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable friendly service call apex waste at 574-896-APEX that's 574-896-2739 or visit us online at apexwaste.net
2: yeah, I'm ah, 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 ah,
1: What's your opinion on WTCA employment? Be part of the conversation by calling 574 936 4096 or text the show at 574 307 6647. And now here's Kathy and Rusty.
0: Genie. Genie. Gonna be eating some pizza from Pizza Bill. Well, maybe not. Maybe candy. Maybe a sandwich. Maybe, maybe a salad. salad. Yeah, any kind of thing over Pizza Bill. So, Genie, thanks for playing our game.
1: Thanks for listening and good luck yeah okay oh i gotta turn on my timer oh uh, okay start oh darn i lost my cat come back here good morning everyone with us this morning on the air we have marsh county sheriff matt hassel uh who is running for his second term as sheriff good morning sheriff good morning and you've brought a friend with you this morning
3: yes i brought first sergeant les mcfarland with me a uh, long-time member of the Sheriff's Department and actually served with me for a couple years at the Bremen Police
1: Department. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that, Les.
2: Yeah, I was five years at Bremen Police Department prior to uh, being here. And this is my 28th year at the
1: department. I have to ask, because you live in Bourbon, so did you ever serve in Bourbon?
2: I was on the Bourbon Police Department for a while, yeah, as a okay. part-time officer.
1: Very good. Okay, Um Matt, we had you in last month maybe or somewhere, maybe the month before, right in there somewhere. Anyway, and our conversation went pretty lengthy, but I felt like we just didn't get everything covered. Right. And so I, I wanted to have you to come back and, and talk a little bit about it. Um, it, it. Before we jump into some of the meat and potatoes, um, tell, tell just a little bit about you. So if there's somebody new listening this morning, they kind of know your background about – Uh, Who you are, where you came from, and your experience, uh, maybe in the Sheriff's Department, or in in police, law enforcement. Yes.
3: Well, I was born in Bremen and raised there all my adult life. Um, uh, And uh, married to my wife, Jill, for 35 years. Um, Jill and I are members of the First United Church of Christ in Bremen and the Bremen Qantas Club. Um, We have one son, Tanner, who's a Federal Aviation Certified uh, Aircraft Mechanic and works down at the Indianapolis Airport for Republic's Airways. Um, Again, graduated from Bremen High School, got my bachelor's of science degree from Indiana State University, with a major in criminal justice. Uh, Hired on the Marsh County Sheriff's Department in 1981 as a turnkey dispatcher, where I served two and a half years there from there i went to the Marshall county probation department as a probation officer and then i was hired by the bremen police department where i served thirty three years the last fourteen years as chief of police i retired as chief of police when i was caucused in as sheriff in two thousand fifteen uh, to serve out the remaining remaining term uh, term of sheriff tom chamberlain at the time and was reelect was elected then uh, four years ago for my first term and and seeking election now for my second term. So I've actually been sheriff for seven years.
1: So is there any term limits on sheriff?
3: Yes, you have a two-term limit, but they don't count the time that you serve somebody else's term. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you got your four in for your actually when you were elected, um, those other three – don't necessarily count so you've got four more you can go
2: correct
1: and then you have to sit out four years years, but then you could run again if you wanted to yes okay all right so um uh, one thing i i want to i guess we'll just start right in with it um the earlier this month the state board of accounts um released their audit of marshall county for 2021 Mm -hmm. so they come into the county and they review everything and i mean everything (laughs) they're here for weeks going through and that's that's one reason why like on the council uh when we do transfers you have to have all this paperwork signed. it's like a paper trail type situation um when the audit came out the sheriff's department had uh, two dings on them and they were actually the same things that were noted in the 2020 audit. Correct. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what happened?
3: Okay. Um, well, to understand, uh, help you, understand, you and your listeners to understand a little bit, the Sheriff's Department actually has three separate checking accounts that we, we oversee. And um, one is called the Sheriff's Account. Now, the Sheriff's Account is what's called a pass-through account. Any money we collect and put into that account goes out to other uh, sources, uh, whether it's SRI for selling a house, whether it's uh, in Indiana Department of Revenue for collecting their tax, somebody's tax. So it just revolves. So that's not a really –
1: It comes in and it goes right out, basically. Goes right out,
3: yes. Uh, The other one is called the commissary account. Now, the commissary account gets its money mainly from – commissary that's sold, by, uh, is purchased by inmates, uh, tablet time that inmates pay to rent tablets, telephone time that uh, inmates pay to uh, have phone time, and extra visit times. They're all guaranteed uh, visits, but the, the, a lot of them like to do extra visits. And uh, So uh, those fees are collected by two outside companies. I'll explain that in a little bit. And that money's put into the inmate trust fund, which is completely controlled by the jail staff. And then the, in the profit for the, the commissary is either a check written from the inmate trust or we get a check directly from the company that does the commissary. So that kind of t- explains the, the uh, uh, commissary fund. The dings on the commissary fund, I uh, just, just reached out to Jack Jordan today. I really don't understand that QuickBooks and Quicken are probably one of the most popular uh, financial uh, softwares out there. And since the time I be- became sheriff, they were using Quicken. And uh, four years ago, we switched to QuickBooks because we needed to update Quicken and everybody said QuickBooks is better. So we went to QuickBooks. Well, two years ago in a, during an audit, and like say, we get audited every year, uh, all of a sudden they don't consider QuickBooks a, a safe, approved or approved, something, yeah. uh, software. And so, of course, I ask them, okay, uh, what do you recommend? And, and their answer is, we can't recommend. So, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, right. So I, uh, my question, and so I said, I, I, I'm not going to go out there and buy new software for them to come in next year and say this isn't approved either and waste the county's money. So uh, my uh, qu- question to, to uh, uh, Representative Jordan is, do they have a list of what's not approved, so that I know not to purchase that software? And so that's where we're working on that today. We'll we'll get it fixed. Uh, just um, they didn't say it's done anything wrong. They're just saying it's they don't. It's not an approved uh, method.
1: The, in the audit, it, it says the QuickBooks does not retain an audit trail of the original transactions when a receipt or check is voided. Right. So but I, I really do. think it's the voided part of it is the right. only issue, but.
3: Right, and we do keep an audit trail of that. We, we keep a hard copy and uh, uh, we leave it in the ledger in the electronic so you can see where that check was written and you can see the date it was vo- voided. It's just, you know, uh, that's how we do, you know, we know what they're looking for. We keep it, you know, records on everything and, and they could see those records. Now the uh, Stellar is the company out of Wisconsin that even before me that the jail has used to sell commissary to the inmates. So basically, the inmates put their money in a kiosk, and they track how much money each inmate has, and then the inmates get on the tablet and they order commissary, and the commissary comes once a week. Uh, co- the company out of Wisconsin brings a truck to our jail usually on Tuesday and they deliver what the inmates ordered the week before. Okay. And then they automatically re, uh, uh, take out of their of their fund uh, how much that commissary cost.
1: So they basically handle the money going in, mm-hmm. and then the expenses coming out.
3: And they, uh, the, now they,
1: you can go, like uh, if I had somebody there, I can go out to the jail, and there is a kiosk there, I can put money in, Yes. So somebody can have it. I think nowadays I can probably do it on home and online at home from yes. my comfy couch if I wanted to, too. Yes. Um, back in the olden days, you had to go down to the jail and actually hand the jailer money right. and put it in. And it went through that way. But this is done by a third party.
3: Correct. And at Stellar is a third party. There's also a third party. It was originally called Tellmate. They're under new ownership now. Uh, but they um, they provide the tablets the phone calls and the visitations for the inmates and again if it's more than uh, the the standard allowed then the inmate has to pay for it. so um, and and their their finances are tracked and it also in that fund now what we do do is uh, like I say all the all the documentation for that is kept by that company on that company's computer and their software. We do empty the kiosk, and once a week we take it to the bank and deposit it and then they tell us how much to send to them and how much to send to the commissary fund.
1: Because you get you you make a profit on it. Correct. I mean, there is mm-hmm. there is a profit. There's a profit for them, Stellar, and mm-hmm. there's also a profit for from you for you right. guys too. Mm-hmm. So,
3: so uh, what happened in uh, late 2020 is their computer crashed, and all the data was lost. They said they had two backups to it, um, and they both failed too, and so they've. My understanding, they've rebuilt through documentation, they've rebuilt that information. <laughs> the problem is, there's $65,000 more money in the account, and now that you got to understand the State Board of Accounts, it's just as bad to be $65,000 ahead as it is $65,000 behind. Correct. So... Um, the State Board of Accounts think, well, that might be money that's from the inmates, but we don't have any inmates complaining they lost money. So uh, it's actually a second audit is was done yesterday. I have, have, have not heard the oh, results yet, Okay. Um, but there's a strong possibility that, and I've said this from the start to the State Board of Accounts, if you... If you go back to last year when I wrote a rebuttal to their findings, I said, I'm sure that $65,000 somehow was supposed to go to to the commissary account. And so right now they think that there's a certain percentage of tailmate that's the inmates use debit cards to use the tablets or phone calls that wasn't getting put into the commissary fund. So we'll, we'll find that out. We'll, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And if this doesn't work out, like I say, the owner himself of Stellar and their accountant, Kim, were doing uh, a, uh, a uh, audit of it yesterday. So I'm hoping to hear maybe we have get this finally resolved. It would be good <coughs> news. But I take full responsibility for not providing internal controls. I have direct... I directly run the commissary and the sheriff's fund i I do everything i do the reconciliation i take the money to the bank and everything the only thing i've ever done for the inmate trust fund is i take their deposit to the bank and deposit it i should have went back and had i had them tell me about that system (coughs) because if i found out that that system we didn't have our own backup to it we would have done things differently, trust me.
1: Well, and, and because it's running on their computers and not your computers, it, it's really, you can't get a back, you can't back it up because it's not on your system, it's on theirs. Right, and
3: I believe our IT today, talking to my staff, I wasn't there when the, uh, Tom Chamberlain was sheriff when they decided to contract with Stella, Stellar, which is a good company. I mean, it, it's a smooth operation for us, but um, but our IT department asked to be able to back that up themselves and they, they wouldn't let us touch their, Mm. their, their, Mm -hmm. their machines. And I understand their point too. They want to keep that from being uh, (coughs) possibly a a virus.
1: Uh, You know, Sheriff, I would almost suspect if they lost their computer that you weren't the only jail system that was on that, that probably got lost at the same time. So, Uh, In reality, uh, there are probably some other jail systems, uh, and probably not just in Indiana, that are are going through this same situation. Right. Now, I assume then the State Board of Accounts, (laughs) do they ever like, I mean, okay, you got dinged in 20. You got dinged in 2021. (sighs) You know, we're coming to the end of 2022. So next year they will, will, I mean, will it show up again? Do they ever let it? Until you figure out where that $65,000 goes, they just keep dinging it over and right. over?
3: Right. Until we figure it out. Okay. Keep dinging over and over.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to, to see. And hopefully, I mean, it makes it, it puts it hard on you because it, it's a third-party vendor. You really don't have any control over it. You're not taking the money in. Mm-hmm. You're not checking to see which inmates are spending how much money going out. Right. So it. It does make it really difficult and that was selected because it makes it easier on your staff Um, back in the day as i said i i've had somebody in jail i had to go up there and give them the money and Mm -hmm. you know you get a receipt then somebody there at the jail has to track all that money has to keep track how much money this this person has on their books that person has on their books oh now they want to order something now i got to subtract that off and i mean it, it can be a bookkeeping nightmare i would suspect especially when you got a hundred some people in the jail right
3: (laughs) (laughs) well um what we're doing today uh, once once this happened um once they got their system back up and running they have what's called a daily report and we are downloading that daily report into our system so that for every day now we can pull up all the activity and we can do our own audit if we have to
1: is that something new that's been in place now?
3: Yeah, we put that in place after they got the system okay. back up and running in 2020.
1: Good deal. Okay, so I think we kind of figured that out, except for we've got $65,000 that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have inmates, I mean, because I would assume if an inmate felt like they had $127 on their books and they didn't get it when they left
3: oh yeah i would, would think
1: they would be telling you that
3: we would hear from them yes yes. Mm-hmm. so uh,
1: that's a good piece of it that you're not right. getting complaints that way so mm-hmm. obviously that's probably just the profit margin that was there right okay um what else do we want to talk about well i mean gosh you know matt when you were here last time we we talked about a lot of headaches that the sheriff's department goes through <laughs> Um, we talked about the overcrowding situation in the jail and, and how, um, working with the prosecutor and the judges and community corrections, how you've handled, um, overcrowding. You've worked with other, two other jail situations so that if we would have a big spike, um, that there's some place that we can send inmates. Um, and the, the ones we send are actually inmates who have, a, who are doing time. Correct. Those who have gone through the court process and are actually doing their time in the Marshall County Jail.
3: Yes, that's who we'd send.
1: So um, it's not people who are waiting to go to jail. Right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your officers, okay. uh, your staff. Um, I don't know. I, well, we've heard from you um, that you are having trouble getting officers and keeping officers right now and in fact i believe the last go around is you have an officer that is going to plymouth you have an officer that is going to the dnr Mm -hmm. and you have another officer that's i can't remember where he's what's he doing but you have a third officer that was going to leave too correct um i I, one thing i want to ask because i i've never known do you guys rotate shifts or do you if i work you know the three to eleven shift am i always on three to eleven
2: uh, I can answer that, for okay. you, Kathy. Uh, currently, in the patrol division, I'm the first sergeant. We have three sergeants and 12 officers, merit officers. Um, of those shifts, we s- essentially have two types of shifts. We have the midnight shifts. They're assigned full time on midnight, and then we have what they call a swing shift. And the swing shift is, and it, the swing shifts have been in place. Since I came in on the department in 1992, <laughs> and, and the reason that we had the swing shift, and I look back to, if you remember, Kenny Relos and that, that those uh, officers back then, it was two afternoon shifts, and an afternoon shift is 3 to 11. Okay. And then you get off at 11, and it's called a double back. You then were two, at two day shifts. Uh, which is seven in in the morning till three and then you're off for two days and then those four days rotate back so you're <coughs> on four days off two days and the reason it was developed that way back in the day was so it would spread uh, the hours out equally so officers could participate being home with family time oh, okay and going home with uh, basketball games or sports events uh, you get stuck on the, the straight afternoon shift working 311 uh, especially with our call volume today is composed to when i first started we yeah. didn't have cell phones and everybody calling in a complaint or reckless drivers and <laughs> the the call volume that we have um you know you you're you're essentially when, when officers come on duty they're they're busy they're going from call to call to call over the 400 square miles over 400 square miles so um that's probably one of one of the complaints of the officers that you know it's 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 a mixed we've had multiple um voting options and talked to officers about okay. changing the shifts and it's really about a split some wants to keep the shifts as they are and the younger guys don't like it and they want the, the, the changes
1: okay um which um i know um sheriff you had told the council prior to going into the budget hearings um that Mar- marshall county sheriff's department is one of the lowest paid departments in the area correct um and the Obviously, that has something to play into it. It is the pay. If I'm if I'm gonna have to work, you know, this this shift, I at least want to get, you know, more money. So Bremen and Plymouth were both paying more than you guys are, correct. And so that's why you're seeing some people leave. You did put in, um, and and you told the council ahead of time. I'm putting in for a ten thousand dollar raise for my merit officers, mm-hmm. and lest you said we have.
2: 12 officers three sergeants
1: and me so not that many it, yeah. now, how it, and, and are we at full co- we're not at capacity are we
2: no we're we're not at capacity okay uh, uh our officer just quit that you referred to and i wish him the best he's a, a very fantastic personality um top notch he was in the military jonah michael and he left our department and went to the dnr uh, the dnr officer they're on a pay matrix. It's the same pay matrix as the state police. And, you know, um, I mean, he, he's potentially going to be in the range of seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year.
3: Well, and also, you know, even when he applied with us, he was pursuing yeah. being a conservation officer. That's what okay. he really wanted to do. So uh, I think that was could be for the pay but i think maybe more so for that's what the, he wanted to what do he wanted yes um i i did hear that the officer that just received a uh conditional offer from plymouth uh did mention that the pay was better and the family health insurance was cheaper so oh. I, I know fine. and he's you know young um uh, fathers you know mm-hmm. they, they want to take care of their family and they want to do the best they can so it's hard for me to be upset with them when they're trying to better themselves so it
1: it, it, it makes it tough yeah. um, And it unfortunately you can't control yeah. the pay part of it you have to go to the council and a, as a former council member you know how difficult that can be in some years um, I it's complicated to me i did get the the recommendation that was approved yesterday and trying to look through it um i i feel like most of the sheriff's deputies are getting a pay raise between three dollars and fifteen cents an hour up to maybe like four dollars and fifteen cents an hour depending on you know what their rank is um but it's it's nowhere close to what you had requested okay
3: uh, I have not seen that yet. Oh. I've heard several people talk about it. I'll get it, you a copy of but it. <laughs> I, you know, coming from the council with my experience, I realized we only have so many resources, financial resources that the county's going to have, and that's why when I went in front of the commissioners, I asked them, "Let's think outside the box. Let's, let's try to up the benefits package. Then mm-hmm. let's um, vacation days, uh, holidays. Um, let's look at uh, allowing them to." Maybe use their car to uh, for personal business, uh, all the way into adjoining counties. I mean, you know, just different benefits that would offset the fact that you're not uh, uh, re- you're not receiving the same pay as the same de- uh, two departments in our county. Uh, and I didn't compare them to all the departments, but I I, uh, I know a couple of the smaller departments pay more than we do, so. Um, so I thought, you know, that was one way to try to um, retain the officers we do have and attract new officers. I just hate to see us get to the point where we hire an officer, we, spend, we pay him 16 weeks of a salary to go to the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy to get certified as an officer. And then they immediately come back and within a year, two years, three years, they're going someplace else. Um, I, I would like to see us be able to retain. And everybody's has the same problem with uh, attracting quali- quality candidates. I mean, it's Certainly. just, you know, you used to advertise an opening, you get 45 to 50 applications. Uh, I think the last time we advertised, we got seven applications.
1: And, and the majority of them have not had the training. Correct. So that makes it more costly for you. And, and Plymouth is facing the same thing. We've Correct. had three, Plymouth has had three officers go to South Bend. Yep. So they're they're seeing that same thing. And I've been told that, you know, the benefit package in South Bend is better. And so yep. it makes it really difficult. Yeah, um, you know, we did just change the benefit package a little bit for next year. Um, they're getting rid of sick days and personal time off, and they're calling them family days. And you're gaining uh basically two more days um off i know part of it it, it's kind of complicated because you're going to work uh well and police officers do work every day but normally election days are days off for county employees um so they're making those up by person by this family day and then they're giving two extra family days so that that increased the benefit a little bit but can can i jump in here sure um
2: One of the biggest challenges on the patrol side I I would like to point out is that we're a unique department on the patrol side and the jail at the sheriff's department is that we're not a general county employee that works Monday through Friday. And like you, as you indicated, election day is usually off. We're still out here working accidents and covering uh, calls 365 days, 24 hours, holidays and weekends. Yep. And when a citizens of Marshall County calls and nine one one, they want you there now. Um and I I'm glad that the county commissioners are thinking outside the box. I'm glad that they're trying to hopefully increase um some of the issues um with the benefits. Uh but these ten days that I like to point out is it's great that they're able to use these as family days but one of the issues that's going to be for patrol is we're having a very (laughs) difficult time covering shifts now Um, I'm going to use me for example I've been here for in my 28th year I have four weeks of vacation so next year if using these um, 10 (coughs) family days I'm going to add those to my For weeks, weeks. exactly. Uh, County current county policy right now is that you have to use those vacation days. um, And they're not allowing the sheriff to pay for those days. So you have to use them or lose them. So when an officer turns those days in, uh, I'm pretty much obligated to give those to him. So you add 10 (coughs) more days to that. um, I'm having difficult time covering shifts now. That's, you know, roughly 150 extra days of coverage that, that you're going to have to cover 365, 24 hours a day.
1: So if you are at full staff, where would you like to be at full staff? I guess you, you probably have, this is full staff. Would you like to see that increased at all?
3: Yeah, I would. Um, for the total merit officers, including the sheriff, you have 21. <clears throat> but not all 21 are patrol officers, like m- me, uh, the captain, the the uh, lieutenant, the, the detective sergeants. Those those don't – I know we have a detective sergeant that will suit up and come out and help us when we need it, <clears throat> but normally their day is doing detective work. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> we have not increased staff since the uh, – I believe it started with the Clinton call for – 200,000 more police officers back in the 90s, and then the state uh, put up, pushed out a grant, uh, and so our last new officer would've come in in like 1997. Wow. So we've been at our staff that we're at now since 1997. Yeah. I would like to see us have additional officers. Um, uh, it, it just would help, it gonna help us cover the, the, the schedule and also make us more available to serve our public
2: can can i point one thing out to you and you have the the stats overall of the jail i Mm -hmm. think that they mailed to you and let's just look at the top three I, i think within the top three one of the major things that was in that was resisting law enforcement yes and the signs of the time of the day if you look at any newspapers um there's almost a shooting every night in south Bend. oh yeah Um, A lot of those crimes or those individuals drive through, participate in criminal activities within our counties. You know, I'm looking at the um, stats for 2021 within the top 10 offenses, and the number 10th uh, was resisting law enforcement has increased now. If you see, it's what, the third?
1: One, two, three, fourth. The fourth. Yep.
2: So, you know... if you relationship of of our signs of times you know uh, you know we just had i don't know within a month we've had two female officers as you have seen get shot there seems like almost every day you see an officer is getting shot true in a line of duty and this the the mental health is not in it's, it's getting worse you know there's no place to put these people It's overcrowded every place. Um, In patrol, as I indicated to you, um, we only have three officers in the county. Our transports have greatly increased. We have to take a lot of these mental health people that want to do bad things. When we do uh, get a judge's order, we have to take them outside of the county. A lot of times we have to take them to Indianapolis recently. So you take those three officers you take one officer out for a transport, either for a juvenile transport or a, a what they call an EDO emergency detention facility. That's leaving two officers for 400 square miles to cover. When you look at the top 10 last year being resisting law enforcement, it's the fourth now, and I don't see
1: society getting any better. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely <laughs> don't either. That that is for sure, and unfortunately you know the top one is failure to appear which is the simplest thing right that you shouldn't have to end up in jail for for crying out loud just go and show up but
2: so i
3: would uh like to put a shout out though to all our town and the city police department in plymouth and all the town police departments uh they they really do uh back us up and help us out a, a lot and that 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 means a lot to my people and we try to return the favor if they need something a lot of times in these smaller towns there's only one officer working so uh, we try to uh, to uh, support them and they do a great job supporting us
1: it's 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 working together um, for sure and uh, you know the marsh county sheriff's department is not the only department that is having troubles retaining and attracting uh employees i mean all the departments and it's across this whole nation Mm -hmm. um but obviously one good way to attract them would be or to retain them would be to get their salary up correct where it is least in line with what's going on in the counties where they're living and working
2: along with their benefits well
3: i don't know if you knew this but bremen lost two officers too
1: oh okay Mm so i so do we know why?
3: One went to Mishawaka and uh. one went to Napanee. I think the one that went to Napanee was from Napanee. and Wanted the, to go home. Yep. Yeah. But the one in Mishawaka, okay. definitely the benefits. And we lost one to Mishawaka, too, uh, Josh Burnett. Uh, and he'd only been with us for two years, and we trained him from the start. So we we spent a, paid a salary for 16 weeks that, for him to be trained and certified, and now it's he's gone.
1: Is there... Is there some way that you can contractually um, when you hire a person let's say especially somebody who doesn't have experience say okay Mm -hmm. I'm hiring you you have to commit to four years Mm -hmm. and uh, in exchange we're going to send you down and pay Mm -hmm. for your training and which the training really doesn't cost the county money but while they're down there not working the road you still have to pay them their, their weekly salary. So
3: We have a three-year agreement that they sign, okay. but there's a catch to that, and you just you just said it. We can only collect for training expenses. We can't collect for their salary while they're uh, there. We can't collect for them not being, working the road and going to <laughs> school. So what do we got in this? Uh, maybe $1,000 for the academy books for the academy and maybe $250 for the academy uniform we buy for them.
1: So it's it's uh, that's yeah, yeah that doesn't help at all. No, then. In,
2: you know, in just in relationship to the sheriff's department, just kind of to put in perspective for you, Kathy. You know, we have 12 officers, officers working the road. You know, not the, in, not including the three sergeants or the, the first sergeants, but we currently have two, brand new recruits at the academy right now, and even though they're in academy for 12 weeks they still have to go through fto field training to when realize. they get home correct right and so they're
1: you're riding two so, together in a car
2: well yeah they're they're at the academy they are, are not eligible or working our road right now they're not doing anything but going to the training they will not be out of the academy until end of december so mm-hmm. with those two officers they're not even able to work the road yeah we currently had just as I indicated, lost Josh Brunette, so his position, or uh, Jonah Michael, excuse me, Jonah Michael just left with the DNR, so that's that's the three officers. If Henry, which is another um, awesome officer, I worked with him when I was in midnights before I uh, took the promotions, if he goes to Plymouth, that's four officers. We currently have one officer that's went to uh, Workman's Comp for injuries, he may be officers (laughs) Off for injuries for a surgery, that's five, and then we have another officer that's a, uh, looking at going elsewhere. That's six. That's half our department, and then we still have to cover half the ones,
3: half the ones of patrol.
1: Mm-hmm. And but, patrol. We have to do something. Right. The county has to do something about this. When when an officer leaves, I, I don't know. Do you guys do an exit interview, or do they do yes, that they exit go. interview with Anne? They do that Okay, are you, was somebody there from the ship? So you kind of get a feel of, mm-hmm. of why they're leaving?
3: Oh, we always talk to them uh, okay. personally. We sit and, okay, what's up? What's going on? And they're usually uh, always have been up and forward to, to when, when I've done the interview, a lot of mm-hmm. times Les will do it. Um, sometimes uh, Jeff or Neil will do it, but we always sit with them and find out, okay, and <clears throat> like josh you know who went to mishawaka uh yeah he's getting more pay but his interest was we don't have a lot of programs like mishawaka has he he had a real interest in swat okay he had a real interest in being a a accident reconstructionist and so we do have an accident reconstructionist but we really don't need two or three correct Um, so he he was looking at different opportunities that he had interests in and that's a problem for us too, you know. You, the bigger departments have more of these uh, extra units that they gives a, a uh, officer a chance to specialize in certain areas. Um, <clears throat> we are looking, like I said l- uh, last time I was here, we're we're looking at uh, getting a emergency vehicle operation instructor trained within our department. Now we do we get through go through the training right now. Uh, our bliss mcknight our insurance carrier Mm -hmm. provides that training for us but i would like to see more hands-on driving training i mean we're running these county roads and these state highways at sometimes 120 mile an hour Uh, we we have to have the best possible trained driver in that car Uh, i mean it's a safety issue not just for the officer but for the other people driving out on those roads Um, so that that's so we do have some options and openings we have two canines now we have three drone pilots um, wow. we got a lot of stuff uh, uh opportunities but it, they don't come open very often and so uh, i see people getting a little uh, some officers getting a little um, bored because they don't have
1: something sure. it's uh, my 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 Joy for the day is not just driving in a car, driving around for eight hours a day, you know, answering looking for call, bad people. Call, and, call. Yeah. Yeah.
2: One more thing, you know, as I indicated to you earlier, you know, these were short-staffed, as I indicated mm-hmm. to you. We still have to give them vacation time, <laughs> two personal that. days, and their comp time. And then on top of that, by state standards or state uh, regulations they need each officer has to have 24 hours of training time uh, to, to maintain your certification per hour so most of the training that they want is usually outside the county um,
1: so they have to go somewhere
2: to go out, and
1: you're talking three days if you're talking 24 hours you're talking about three-day training or
2: so you multiply that by those officers where are you gonna fill those shifts with no no people
1: that it it, i i you're in a no-win situation unfortunately now i know you do have some reserve officers can you guys explain to me you know what a reserve officer is what a reserve officer can do Mm um
3: they are volunteers and they're they're, uh, they do have to go through the pre-basic training to be certified as an uh, officer they are sworn in as a special deputy by me but they don't have the full power of a regular deputy they're there more to assist the office the regular deputies that are working the road so like let's say we do get a transport they'll go and do that transport so we're not taking a a, a regular deputy off the road um, They can do accident reports like it's a minor accident report okay they'll go out and do that for us uh, a lot of them are deer. Uh, yep you know, that's
1: exactly what yeah. I was thinking
3: but the problem you have again is they all have full-time jobs so the availability is just not as as uh, they're just not as ve- available as you would hope they could, would be so well
1: and you're talking <clears throat> volunteer
3: yes no pay
1: uh, you know I mean, if you could at least incentivize somebody with something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would be nice, too. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure, you, you know, we just had Blueberry Festival. and So I'm pretty sure that, you know, some of your reserve officers probably helped to work the Blueberry Festival.
3: Yes, they did, and they get paid when they do that. Um, <laughs> <if> they're working <laughs> the, for the Blueberry the, Committee.
1: The... Blueberry can pay <clears throat> us, but the sheriff can't pay us, yeah. Yeah. which is, is kind of sad. I mean in reality uh it would be nice if there was some way that you could at least something you, you know it would be a nominal but it would be at least something that we you know, we appreciate it uh, do you know how many reserve officers you do have
3: i think there are 16 now uh and i'm including i think there were two still in training okay
1: <clears throat> well um, obviously that is one of the headaches that we've <laughs> talked about at the last show Correct. is is staffing for you now merit is one thing less when when you talk about uh road patrol and i don't want you to give up a lot of secrets but but typically um in in the, the morning shift so from seven to three how many officers do you typically try to have on
2: we're only having each shift there's only three officers on you know I, the other day and I, i'm just going to tell you the other day we we came on and I think we had an EDO, emergency detention um, order, uh, when Bowen Center is usually full. Uh, you have to take them somewhere con- else. County contracts with them to take in uh, these mental health people. And when they're full, they for whatever reasons, they've been sent them down to south of Indianapolis. So at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, by the time you get to the hospital, you load this individual up and you transport with the construction. That usually uh, almost takes you past 3 o'clock. Your, so we're your paying whole day overtime, is, yeah. Uh, to do that. As uh, soon as the officer left and was en route, they had a second one. Oh, uh, my goodness. So we had two EDOs, um, two different places, and this particular one went to Pearson, so we had two county officers out of the county at once, and we only had three officers. So <laughs> again w- when I first started back in 1992 and, and you know I guess you know all these young guys but I started in 1992 the sheriff's department was the major support system for the towns uh, Bourbon Plymouth um, Culver, Argus Bremen but it, it the roles have typically changed now that um, we, we Especially with our manpower issues, cannot do it without the support system that we have with the towns, the city officers. Uh, and they're they're just hugely stepping up and helping us. The reserve officers do what they can, but you know they're now full time officers. And and uh, you know with, with these types of uh, calls, uh, as you see today, you know we can't just. I mean, when I was working midnight back in the nineteen nineties um it it was just one officer on but you can't send one officer just to a call today even your simplest call you have to have two officers go and respond
1: um i'm i'm wondering i feel like and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like a lot of police officers have second jobs that they they want more income so they have a second job well, would it I be did
2: the second job for cancer Pay, <laughs> pay My cancer bills off. But I um, have to. I mean, that's just the a-
1: Well, I just wondered like if there was an officer um in Bremen who was, mm-hmm. you know, looking for a second job, is there some way that he could be hired part time by the sheriff's department to work in a, a, in a basically a regular routine. So every third day he works This shift,
2: the the biggest problem with this Kathy, and and I'm just gonna be really point to the to the point here is, you know, all these officers are doing these part time jobs to try to help fill in things that we can't do. You look at Jellystone. Yes. Okay. They they have to have an officer out there. Um,
1: And they they, pay like thirty dollars an hour or something. I I I have a lot at forty dollars. Yeah, I have a lot at Jellystone. So. Um,
2: so I know a lot of Bourbon officers and other officers that, that go out there and work mm-hmm. during the whole summer. Because if, if we, being three officers working in the county, we would be in that park the <laughs> entire night. Especially on a Friday night because there, there are a lot of intoxicated people yep. out there, a lot of calls. Um, as you've seen me out at the racetrack, out at yes. the racetrack. Um, over the blueberry weekend they had concerts Mm -hmm. there's a ton of people out there there was issues out there as you saw yeah and uh, again you take all these combined activities within the county and we as a sheriff's department can't maintain (coughs) all these extra events so uh, these officers are working that they're working the um, overtime shifts because we're short staffed and it's just burnout these officers just burn out they're tired they're not spending quality time at home and isn't that what Stellar was all about that you covered for years um yeah was quality of life yes how are we getting quality of life here
1: (laughs) you have no quality of life because you're working constantly (laughs) you know unfortunately um I there's really not a a a win-win until you can to me until you can get the pay up God. and then once you can do you find that it's young people who are not going into the field as readily maybe too oh
3: yes absolutely yeah the, the interest is the, there. The younger generations that they're, they're not the uh, there's not a lot of interest there from them
1: mm-hmm. and well. see I'm old but I I would much rather be a police officer in Plymouth where I know I'm not going to take a chance of getting shot at every day what? versus going to work in South Bend where there, you know, I it bothers me on TV every morning. Breaking news. There was a shooting last night. It's like, it's not breaking news. That's an everyday occurrence in yeah. South Bend. But
2: but to point out, you know, it's not just real, to one agency. I mean, I was talking to the state police uh, uh, friends. Oh, they've had issues too. I, I, I remember uh, when I was younger, um, there was uh, usually 60 in a recruit class. Class, I think that they start off with 30, and I think they're down to 11. This this time.
1: Wow, that 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 and does it, make it hard.
2: And that doesn't uh, 11 officers, troopers that they're going to be putting out here on the road doesn't. I I would suspect, and I don't have access to the numbers, <laughs> but. Um, would retain even their retirement you know people leaving. correct
1: um and and i this is not a slam against them but they're not as likely to come and back you up um (laughs) give you guys support as you are to give them support um you know uh, it's always been that way i felt i feel like um you guys have been there to give the communities plymouth and argus and bourbon culver bremen those support um but the state police on on regular calls they're they're not there like you know we we suspect there's a drunk driver on queen road well they're not going to get off the road and go check that out um so well, we can't short. rely on them they're
2: short staffed and they have also different responsibilities than what we do okay. uh we're the main 911 they passed the a law uh, several years ago, that there could only be one or two 911 centers within the county. Correct. We, we take all those 911 calls. Um, the state police, they handle, uh, you know, they have the state fair, they have protection details, uh, so they have a whole different uh, um, working um, environment than what we yeah. do.
3: A lot of focus on the tow road, the ND 500, you know, they have those special details that they. You use a lot of their staff to work, uh, work that, and that uh, <clears throat> that takes, you know, and, and they're no different than we are. They're, they're struggling to get staff and get back up to, to the staffing needs that they need yeah. to be, and um, I, I, I know several of the troopers that here at Work Marshall County, and they're great guys, and if they hear it, they'll be right there to back you up um, and help you out, uh, so I, I, but again, they're so thin, that's kind of kind of like us you know
1: let's talk 911 calls because I mean we now we've talked about merit officers and the and the shortage that you guys are experiencing there 911 um, um, in the jail uh, um, the facility there you have three main councils four four main councils <laughs> where uh, now you don't typically have four people sitting at them all day every day correct um. But are you're seeing an issue on, on staffing that at the same the same kind of situation?
3: Yeah, that's why we, I, you know I shared with people you know some of the complaints about the the central dispatch nine one one is the fact that we've uh, a lot of the older dispatchers have moved to other jobs, and like I say, the, the, a lot of them will tell will tell me f- directly it's not the money, it's I want Monday through Friday eight to four. It works out better for me with my kids, and no weekends, no holidays, no Mm -hmm. nights. And so, like I said, we we got 14 turnkey dispatchers that normally dispatch, and we only have four that have more than three years' experience. So we got a lot of young people, uh, and they're hard workers, though. I mean – uh i wouldn't take a thing away from them they really care about their calls it's not uncommon to walk in there and and have one of my dispatchers in tears because they just took a call where the person perished and you know they take it to heart they're truly there to serve this community but the job is uh it's a challenging job too
1: um it has to have it plays on your mental mm-hmm. uh attitude or what i mean it, that that's that's not an easy job either uh, Uh, even on a normal day, um, you know, you're, you're getting somebody to call 911 who something has gone on and they're either very mad or in an accident or confused. I mean, a lot of those calls are not simple calls and you're trying to get information to, to be able to dispatch the right things to the right areas. And it takes a special person to be able to over the phone try and calm somebody down get them under control so that you can get the information that you need right. um, to to get the emergency services on their way right
3: i when i used to dispatch i gotta be honest the most frustrating thing to me was i could go out and get in my car and go out and take care of it all i, I could do is call somebody to go take care of it before i felt like i'm not i'm not doing my job here i can, I
1: can, I can just go. i can just jump in the car and get there really quick <laughs> yes <laughs> <sighs> It, which does make it difficult and, and that puts a stress on them too correct um so it, it is a stressful job yes. that is not a, a simple easy job um to undertake
3: and when i walked in there after that storm went through here a couple of weeks ago and <clears throat> i basically went in there they were having turnkey dispatchers running up from the jail to help answer the phones because the trees were down, power lines were down, uh, but that's how that staff works. They all work together and that's why it's so important to have people cross-trained in there too. Exactly. Because if there's an issue in the jail, we can actually pull dispatchers and have them go into the jail and help the jailers, the people in the jail. So it's kind of a a good thing that we cross-train our people. But yes, uh, you, you, the more experienced dispatchers really help the younger dispatchers because they've been through it and they can coach them through the learning curve of okay you got this strange difficult call and this is a a way you can handle it
1: and they can also coach them on after you've how you come down after that correct Um, and because i think probably their adrenaline goes up too and um you know you don't want to take it home with you at night but it's hard to get it out of your mind
3: and we do set up a, a critical incident uh, um, reviews after a, a major situation, if uh, the staff feels like they need that, and we'll bring uh, uh, experts in for, uh, and we'll help talk them through the, the, uh, basically the stress and the that they experienced during that call and the, and the emotions <clears throat> from that call that they had. Uh, um. Th-
1: Now, Matt, when when you were over at Bremen, um, that is the the period where Marshall County went to Central Dispatch. Correct. Um, You were the chief at that time at Bremen, I I think when we went to Central.
3: Uh, No, uh, we I I, well, it it was going towards Central. I hadn't. I was still at Bremen as it was going to, but it went fully Central Dispatch when I after I became sheriff.
1: Okay, um, and and the Bremen is on their own. Correct. Now, let's talk like 911 calls. So 911 call comes into the Sheriff's Department and then you have to dispatch that to Bremen? We,
3: we notify their dispatch center and whatever emergency service they have, uh, we dispatch them out. So if it's, <clears throat> uh, uh, let's say it's, a, it's an accident, so we're gonna let dispatch center no. we're going to tone fire tone ems and we're going to tone their police okay and then they take the call from that point on
1: then they do all the talking <clears throat> amongst those other a- correct. agencies correct do you know why Bremen did not want to go with central dispatch
3: that i do not know i like i said central dispatch happened about a year or two after i be, was became sheriff and we offered it to him. we uh uh so we have a, a memorandum of understanding of, with the all the, uh, the city of Plymouth and all the towns and townships that participate in Central Dispatch, and of course they, they pay a fee for that, but Correct. that allows us to hire the staff that we need and place the equipment in the radio room that we need to handle the additional call volume. So, um, but Bremen uh, did decide uh, did not want to participate so and that's up to them too you know i i didn't tell anybody in the county they had to do this Mm -hmm. i just i just offered it to them because it uh as in our in our conversation with the city of plymouth when they decided to do this central dispatch you you know the fire chief was there and the police chief was there and we all agreed it's safer having a central dispatch because then that little group knows what everybody's doing out there, and to watch out for them. You know, uh, sometimes you know you get busy on the road doing uh, an accident report, and you don't really hear that Argus might have a, a armed person uh, in a in a in the McDonald's down there or something. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't actually hear that central dispatch does and they start calling people to get back down there to help the argus officer then so it is a it's a big safety issue to have a central dispatch and you most of your counties um st Joe county now has central dispatch elkhart county has central dispatch now it's under different management but still it's everything's centralized
1: goes into one place yes i mean it, well it's it's time sa- saving too mm-hmm. from you know having a you know you get the call and you send them out okay there you send them out but then they've got to connect up to bremen right uh to get more information and that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. um i just wondered if if you were chief when that happened or if you were at the sheriff's department no i was at the sheriff's department
3: and i actually got with uh jim clevenger and he wrote up the the uh uh intra government agreements and and we worked at that way we we uh, created this uh, central dispatch advisory board, and uh, that board pretty much sets what the payment's going to be for the other <clears throat> departments that are involved. Um, and so far, it's worked out uh, pretty well. We, uh, on that board, like I said, we get representation from we get a uh, somebody from the fire, a fire department, somebody from a police department, somebody from uh, uh, EMS, and um, THE COMMISSIONER, PRESIDENT, THE COUNCIL PRESIDENT, uh, THE MAYOR, ARE ALL THE SEATS THAT ARE IN ON THAT uh, COMMITTEE. Oh, we A TOWNSHIP uh, TRUSTEE SERVES ON THAT AND ALSO ONE OF THE TOWN COUNCIL MEMBERS IN MARSHALL COUNTY SERVES ON
1: THAT. AND, and THE FEE THAT IS CHARGED TO THE DIFFERENT COMMUNITIES, um, it, DOES THAT CHANGE EACH YEAR?
3: YES, THE, the BOARD WILL START DISCUSSING THAT IN OUR JANUARY MEETING And we set it in our April meeting because uh, budgets start in July for the following year. So we usually set what we want each department to pay, which if, you know, I know what it costs to run Bremen's Dispatch Center because when I was chief. And I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, uh, the, the people who are in Central Dispatch are getting a great deal. It's not near as expensive as having your own dispatch.
1: Oh, well, because you also have to maintain, mm-hmm. you know, their salary, their benefits, yep. and all that stuff on top of the equipment and all of that. So, correct. Um, it it would definitely make it easier to for Plymouth. I know it was a a, a financial savings. Uh, is it determined by the number of calls? Is is you look at for the year and say, okay, let's take. Here's how many calls we had all year. How many were each communities, and then it's it's or, like so much a call or whatever.
3: Originally it was yes, and uh, <clears throat> that we did that for like two or three years. But what would happen is there would be so much fluctuation in the call volume per year <laughs> that some people were getting sticker shock.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: So what we decided we came up with a flat rate plan, and then now the after the flat rate plan was set for each community then it's just a percentage raise to pretty much what you know what inflation caused you know Uh, what kind of raises did the Mm -hmm. dispatchers get what kind of equipment did we have to purchase or or lease uh that year you know so we we kind of pretty much go by that now
1: um one thing that uh did come out you know i want to i want to commend um central dispatch as we said that that is not an easy job um and you do have local people who come and sit in there day after day they too it's a 24 hour yep. seven day a week 365 so you know on christmas day there's people sitting there waiting for those nine one one calls mm-hmm. the turkey's on fire or whatever it could be <laughs> um no it's usually somebody's drunk at the Christmas party and there's a family feud now um but um I wanted I wanted to bring this up and I did the story specifically yesterday um you had a, a you commended uh, one of your dispatchers for a life-saving award mm-hmm. but I then was notified actually on my Facebook post that the life-saving award the person involved in that actually did not survive Correct. So can you can you explain that to me a little bit of how that works?
3: Okay, in our life-saving procedure, it, it, it uh, and this is for officers too, our involvement in that person, in that patient, uh, is when we're taking the call or when our officers are on the scene doing CPR, uh, but as long as the person makes it to the hospital alive that's when we issue the life saving once they're at the hospital we have nothing to do with it anymore okay in fact i didn't even know i to this date i don't know who that person is and i did not know they passed okay um but we still award our people because they did their job for the time being which is from the original call rendering aid or Talking them through CPR, whatever they did. Sometimes it's talking them through childbirth. We've had that. Happen yes, too. I
1: I remember <clears throat> that.
3: And uh, but if they make it to the hospital alive, then we consider that they did did a life saving event.
1: Okay, good deal. Because I like yesterday. I'm on the show, and we I read. You know, we did the story on the air, and then I'm like on Facebook, and I'm like, uh. i'm not gonna mention that because i I don't know and then i got a call afterwards you know and it's like i'm sorry you know Uh, i don't i don't put things out mm -hmm. um you know like i i i have a scanner so i hear accidents and i hear things that are going on it used to be back in the day i don't do it anymore i i can't get around but i used to be the ambulance chaser and Mm -hmm. you know uh, your guys knew who i was and Um, And I think most of them all learned that, like, I didn't want to see anybody's blood and guts. I didn't want to hear anybody screaming. I'd just wait until you had that scene all taken care of, and then I'd go take my picture and be done with it. Um, But, you know, nowadays, I can't do that. So I I rely on getting my information from the sheriff's department. So I may listen to the scanner and actually sometimes I can even hear a name, you Mm -hmm. know, and and figure out who – but I'm not putting that information out because when I get information, it comes from the sheriff's department or the police department. And right. at that point, you know, I, everybody who should be notified has been notified and so that I feel I'm safe to put that information out. So right. we rely on the sheriff's department to provide us with information that we put out. So people will call me and say, hey, do you have anything on that racket? And it's like, um, uh, I don't know, but I'll ask. You know, and anymore, I, I used to go out there and chase them because Les would see me out there all the time. <laughs> I
2: I have one more thing I'd just like to point out. Sure. On the patrol side, from January to this year, we've we've issued citations, and warnings, 218 accident reports. The officers have done 556 of them. The case reports have been generated by the officers were 470 and that's not transports or follow-up investigations that's just what that is from january of this year and i think i just want to shout out that all of all the patrol guys especially they're the ones responding all the guys and the officers and females or all the people they do an awesome job yes they people do. don't realize it, you know they some people pick things apart but they do an awesome job Mm -hmm. and i want to encourage any of these young people out here in the community take the challenge be part of the community come out and be part put in an application whether it's a jailer or come out here and try your hand at dispatch and or even apply there's openings every day now (laughs) there's openings all (laughs) the time take the challenge come come be part of our team come be part of our family
3: Yes. Well, Kathy, when we started uh, the last time I came in, you were, you asked me about the different responsibilities of the sheriff's yes. department. And, and I told you, well, it, it really is. It's four different departments. So we've talked about the jail and we've talked about Central Dispatch nine one one, and we got a good uh, uh, information on the, the law enforcement division. Well, there's the other division that doesn't get much publicity, but it's out there that we are uh, do and it's called our court services and administration. Um, so, part of our, part of our court service responsibility is we deliver all process that's issued by the court. And so I have two process oh, yes. servers that served o- over four thousand papers in 2021.
1: Four thousand. That means that they found individuals. Correct. Um. I'm. I okay. I've had them serve me before I've been divorced. So you know mm-hmm. the divorce. Yep. It, very likely they'll come knock at your door and hand you the divorce papers or whatever if so you
3: don't pay a bill You next thing you know they're knocking yeah. on the door because the people are suing you to get their that bill yeah. paid it's four
1: thousand in a year
3: yes and uh and that's countywide so they could be anywhere in the county as they're uh, out there serving yes uh our records department and here again i i have an administrative services assistant and a bookkeeper so i have to, uh, and me, we're, we're, we're the administration uh, uh, services and th- what they do is uh, background checks, accident reports, incident reports, arrest reports, middle commitment records, uh, report of collection. That report of collection is that that uh, account I told you that's a pass Revolving, yep. So when, when we do a report of collections, that's when we're paying all the people we're supposed to pay uh, with the money um they do the payroll for se- you know for our uh we 70 full-time employees wow. and about 13 part-time employees um claims uh we have probably a half a million dollars of claims bills that we pay every month well just think of the food and the medical expense for the jail alone mm. you know um uh, they maintain all the employee training records um Sex offender registry, tax collection, sheriff's cells, gun permits, uh, the sheriff's bank account, uh, sheriff's commissary bank account, fingerprints. Somebody oh, needs fingerprinted yes. for something. We do the fingerprints again now. We kind of stopped over COVID because we really don't <laughs> want anybody that close. Um, and then uh, they maintain all our department <coughs> office supplies, you know. So – they have a huge responsibility, but uh, talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about sex offender registry. Last time I knew we have about 70 people that are registered in Marshall County, and we have to monitor those people. They have yes. to come in and report to us if they move, if Some they change Some people job.
1: had to check in monthly or, or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not just an annual thing, but right. yeah.
3: Yeah, it depends on your level of uh, order by the court, you know, we... we see uh, monthly checks we also do residential checks to make Mm -hmm. sure they're living where they
1: live they'll send an officer out they work where they work Mm -hmm. um you know it it some of them i mean if they get a new cell phone and a new cell phone if they get a new cell phone number that has to be reported Uh, some of them if they get a new email address they have to have that reported so it's not you know it's an ever-changing continuously checking on
3: and where they live we've got to go on the map to make sure it's within so many uh, feet of a park or a school yeah yeah it's a that's a that's a very big task and then everything has to be entered in sex offender watch so the the basically my bookkeeper is the main one the the administrative service assistant will help but the bookkeeper is the main one for the sex offender register so you know i'm i just talked to her yesterday and i bet 60 to 70% of her time is spent doing that. And I, I just sometimes wonder, why did the Sheriff's Department ever get stuck doing <laughs> this? And so all the money, we do collect fees for them from the sex offender, but all the money we collect, 90% goes back to the state.
1: Oh, then something's wrong there. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's Big but,
1: time. But, they uh, should get 10%. For whatever, and you should get the ninety percent because you're paying for the manpower to Correct. to watch them and Send track an them out to
3: check on Yes, them, and the uh, the overall person in charge of the sex offender registry is uh, Lieutenant Snyder. So, uh, so if you have questions about sex offender re- registry, you can give him a call too. He's kind of a, been over that program since uh, Dwayne Culp retired. You need
1: to get a hold of the Mishler and Jack Jordan and say, hey, look. Let's at least at this point go 50-50. We get to keep half and you take half because we're doing all the work. Correct, we you know, are. Uh, mm-hmm. what are. Why do they need all that money? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy.
3: Then another thing a sheriff do, uh, does under the administrative court services is, uh, you know, the Indiana Department of Revenue doesn't have agents to go out and collect back taxes. No, you know, what they do is they issue a warrant for you in the county you live. And then the, the sheriff gets notified that, uh, that you owe back either your back income taxes mm-hmm. or even sales tax. You, know, you oh. can go both ways. And uh, you will get a letter from us informing you that you, uh, there's been a warrant issued on tax warrant. And I get a lot of people calling, is this a scam? Is this a scam? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted to talk about it today because, uh, no, it's not a scam. We won't come to your house. We won't arrest you. But we will notify you so to give you the opportunity to correct that back tax. The one thing I would say also, though, is we have no clue why you owe that money. We're just told <laughs> you you owe this money. So call the Indiana Department of Revenue if you have a question. Why am I having to owe this money? And then we set up payment plans. And and again, that's what my uh, two administrative uh, people do. And they collect that and sometimes it's a substantial amount of money uh you would be surprised but um that's like i said when i became sheriff I was like, what we collect taxes where's this from <laughs> this is from the old days of the, of yes. the william tell and something's and the, wrong here the kings and castles <laughs> I don't know. um we do provide the court security and the county building uh security yes um, and that that we have three security officers and two part-time security officers. Um, The writ of assistance. Uh, This is an order when somebody needs is to be removed from property. It Might be the house, might be apartment, might be anywhere. So that comes out of the the court and we make arrangements with whoever's taking charge, legally taking charge of that property is-
1: So that's uh, like an eviction?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We do all those uh, uh county countywide and in the cities and in the towns. You know, oh, the, the, no other. We do them all. Yeah, none other agency does that because again, that's part of our um, part of our uh, uh, service to the court. Mm-hmm. I say the I always like to say we are the the arms of the judge. Yeah, the judge who orders it, we go out there and do it for them. And the other thing is, I don't know if people know about this, but we do the sheriff sale. Um, so the last Tuesday of every month, if you've been foreclosed on and the, the mortgage company or the bank, whoever you got your loan from, goes before the court and shows the court in a, in a hearing how much money they are due from that property. So they don't get to take the property, but they show how much money they're owed from that property. And then the judge will order it sold at auction and put the property in my name as the <laughs> sheriff or whoever the sheriff is. Mm-hmm. Put it in their name. And then the, the, the cell um, has a minimum that you have to p- pay if you want to bid on it. But if you are a private citizen and you bid one dollar over that amount and nobody else bids against it, then you get the property and you just have to pay us. And then we pay the clerk's office back and then they pay the mortgage company what the mortgage company want. If nobody bids on it at all, then it will legally go back to the to the mortgage company to do what they want to do with. But it's uh. That's another strange feature as how did I get into house selling business? I see. And, and
1: there, I mean, it used to be, that you actually had it right there in the lobby. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you've changed that now.
3: Correct. You um, do it online. And I was hesitant because I know we have more senior people, including me, that's not really tech savvy. <laughs> but um, people are catching on real well. And plus, since we've went online. We've gotten a lot more bids and sold oh. a lot more houses, oh. and and it's a good thing now because a lot of these people are bidding on these houses that are in dis, in need of repair. Sure, and we, it's cheaper to flip a house nowadays than build one from scratch. Yes, so it's not only making our community look better, but it's making it more feasible for uh, our residents to find uh, houses.
1: Oh, well, that's a that's a plus, but you know. How that gets on the, on your another job to do is yep. an interesting thing, um, and and you actually you work with a company too to do those, don't you?
3: Correct. It's Sri. Okay. And if you go on their website, they they do this all over the United States. It's a big company, but you know, go to Indiana, find Marshall County, and then they will. Sh- you can pull up a list of what properties going to be. Uh, for sold sale. at sheriff's cell for the usually they have it two months deep what's going to uh-huh. happen this month and what's going to happen next month
1: yeah uh-huh. um it's no wonder that you have some headaches once in a while <laughs> matt <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot of stuff going on
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yes, um it is. and you know unfortunately for the foreseeable future especially this employment issue i don't see it going away right. but obviously i, I I truly think the council definitely needs to sit down and look at this um, because it's for the citizens of making sure the citizens, when they pick up that phone to call 911, rather they need a police officer or they need an ambulance, they want to make sure, first off, somebody is there to answer the phone, Correct. which on your August report, that phone is answered within 15 seconds, is pretty amazing with over 4,000 calls in a a month. we also want to make sure that once that officer you know, says there's a situation going on, that there's going to be an officer that shows up in a timely fashion. And less with you not having a full staff, that makes it very difficult to get people where they need to be immediately. So some people, I mean, you have to depend on what, what's going on. Right. Is this an emergency or can I get to it before my end of the shift today? Right. Um, and that's what people are going to have to understand. I know and one thing you guys do... Are um, uh, like um, boats. If somebody's selling vin a checks. boat, yeah, you got to do VIN checks, and oh, yeah. a, a lot of that you have to go to them. They don't drive out to the sheriff's department to get a VIN check. Well, <laughs>
3: so, and, another, and another thing that's interesting, you know, you got these four different departments that have daily operations that constantly you're, you're you're doing these operations, but then along comes these big projects that we end up having to do, and and just like this year alone. In February, we st- we started a whole new records management system, all new software, uh, which also is our CAD. Um, we uh, r- we replaced all four uh, radial uh, uh, consoles, the radials, the consoles, all the computer, yeah. all the computer, total the console, te-
1: the technological upgrade.
3: Upgrade, yes, and we are. Uh, uh, we are working on uh, getting ready to replace all our uh, closed-circuit TV system for both the jail and uh, and the uh, office and, and and upgrade the intercom systems because each cell has an intercom where they can intercom into main control or pod control when they, they need something from the jailer staff. So, you know, we got uh, all those going on and uh, – so you got that special stuff on top of it, and, and of course we're always, you know, the the building out there is getting close to 20 years old, <laughs> and it, you know, HVAC systems need replaced. Uh, uh, hot water boat.
1: heater. We just we <laughs> yeah. just saw, saw an additional appropriation for a hot water heater. Believe it
3: or not, that's preventative maintenance. You know, because <laughs> we had one go down. We had three major hot water heaters, and instead of maintaining. Uh, preventative maintenance we that one kind of blew out on us so we decided we got two others they those two are heavily used by the populate jail population the inmates and you can't go without hot water so we uh, are gearing up to replace one and then we'll probably replace the other do- uh, not too far down the road
1: and those new ones have like a backup system
3: yes so it's so All three we, will be able to feed. Yes. One's down, the other two will be able to feed where that one was at, which they weren't designed that way at the start, which really, may, I, I guess, I, I don't know that much about water systems, but I would think you would do that automatically when you put those systems in. Make sure that they could feed each other.
1: Yeah. Well, that was 16 years ago, Matt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah. Couple, couple more quick things before we get out of here. Um, I, you know, there's been, okay, uh, we had a death this month in the jail. Um, and actually, I can't remember right now. We've ended up having either three, a death every year for the last three years or the last four years. I, I'm not sure which it is. And I know I just did, I I had just gotten the paperwork from the county attorney yesterday on a, a lawsuit that's been filed. So mm-hmm. you're not allowed Um, to talk about that Um, and obviously we had a death this month so you can't talk about that because there is the possibility that a lawsuit is going to be filed um but uh, cameras it's always been my understanding like even though you're in jail and you're being watched that you did you do get a little bit of privacy correct when you're using the toilet and when you're in the shower um that and i and i don't know in the big pods because I've I've had a tour at the jail, so in the big pods, you know, I've gone upstairs into the tower, and you can look down and see the inmates down in there, and um, obviously there's cameras that are going. In then in each pod you have the cells. There mm-hmm. are no cameras in those cells, are there? No. Okay, it's just the big we, outside piece. We try to yeah.
3: adjust the cameras outside so that we can at least see the bunks. Okay. In the cell but there are there are laws protecting the privacy of of the inmate and so we can't have a camera on the toilet we can't have a camera on the shower
1: so then in then that's in the main the main pods the big mm-hmm. ones i know are are you still using rec um the rec cells the, the for one yeah one still in a
3: recreation room the other is is used like a uh what would you call that a um just a, a regular dorm
1: dormitory yeah. situation for inmates. Um and so those weren't actually set up to have um showers and all that. I know there's a toilet in there but yeah, right? it has it you has showers and shower. a toilet so, but
3: because it only has one we're limited to
1: how many people we can put in there <laughs> which makes it difficult. Yeah. Gosh, in my house, yes. Yeah, good thing we have more than one bathroom. <laughs> um but then on the uh, on the medical side of things so intake and all of that back right. in there where the drunk tank is and um you have some medical cells and you have some isolation cells uh there's a padded cell Correct. i saw the padded cell i would i didn't go in it but i did see it um do those each have cameras inside of them so that
3: the padded cell does and the 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 one the one cell that it's a multi-person cell that's right across from the booking desk. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a camera in there. Um, but the little cells, the rule, our rule is every hour you open the the the,
1: the little door
3: door and it has a glass and you look in on them. You you check. They in don't
1: have um like the old jail. The door the door slides shut and there's bars there. Correct. It's a door. Yeah. Um, that is there. Yes. Um, are there – some of them have windows, though, I think. That's uh, – Is that the, the drunk tank? Does that's the – the, the,
3: the, I think it's the female drunk tank, uh, the one I told you. <laughs> but it also okay. has it has a camera in it. Okay. And then on the, right next to the booking desk is what we call the observation cell, and it's got a big glass window so that they can – see right in from the booking desk
1: and is that where you would put a suicidal person or would you put them in the padded cell
3: uh or would it depend normal procedure is that they would go to the padded cell for a certain period of time and then once the nurse clears them we may move them into the observations just to keep an eye on them um because you really never, if somebody threatens that, you're never really off the hook, you know. Right. You you, you got to prepare yourself because they they, you know, they they they've made the threat, so they yeah, might. Yeah. You they might you do have it. to yeah mm-hmm.
1: you have to, and then medical piece of it. Uh, if somebody huh, what if somebody comes in and they got chicken pox. Correct. <laughs> do you have a cell that? you can keep them away from everybody else so that you don't we have
3: two and uh, they're uh, zero airflow cells too so if they would have like oh covid uh, or something yeah so none of the air from that cell will go out into the the booking area it all goes exits out of the building
1: yeah because nobody (laughs) nobody wants it well i mean there are the things that can well, it could have, well, monkeypox isn't really airborne anymore, but yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, it's a challenging position. Yes, it is. <laughs> but you want to do it again. Yes, <laughs> okay. I do. So um, before we get out here, what do you want to say to um, our listeners coming up for, you know, November?
3: Um, I just have a lot of plans that I've been work that I've put in place and I've started to, to uh, uh set goals that we have really completed a lot of the tasks, but I have uh, s- several more that uh, I, I f- feel very strongly about and would like to have four more years to work in that direction. like to continue increasing our jail programs for our inmates, and again, maybe going to um, even a small work release program. Um, I think that would be a, a great direction to go. Uh, for our road patrols, get us up to staff and maintain our aggressive drug enforcement. The, the, the more uh, aggressive drug enforcement you do, all the other crimes go down. It's a, it's a quality of life issue for our county. Um, more uh, jobs training program, like I say, in the jail, uh, the work release program. Um, I would like to increase our, our staff uh, they now work a seven and a half hour week uh i would like to increase them to an eight hour week the merit is already there but the the turnkey dispatchers are only seven and a half hours that's and, weird and, <laughs> to me but. you know we, we had the we had the, the study done on our staffing and the person that did the study said we're 14 people shy of what we should be <laughs> so the, going to the eight hours would really, really help okay. uh, and that's again i don't like to take a uh, sticker shock of money by hiring 14 new people and play the benefits and everything and <laughs> present that to the council. My thought is, is by raising the ones that are already there, by raising them a half hour a week,
1: it's, it's going to get you a, give me yes, some a, more staff. It's going to give me more yeah. time
3: with them and be a lot cheaper.
1: Very good. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in and spending time with us this morning. Yes. And November 8th is the day. Yes. Uh, so Election Day is coming up on November 8th. Make sure that you are registered to vote um, right. so you can vote in the general election.
3: And I would appreciate your your vote.
1: All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Got a break. Well, see, I can't believe I just looked up at the clock. Yep. Whoops. I went way over. We got a break. We'll be right back. Drivers who switch
0: and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could
3: buy in the future. Future.
1: <laughs> Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to
3: Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now.
0: So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and
3: Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary
1: Let your voice be heard. Give us a call now. 574-936-4096 for What's Your Opinion. Now, back to Kathy and Rusty.
0: And that is our Friday theme song as nobody wants to work. They just want to bang on the drum. So, uh, let's bang on another drum. This one. (laughs) going to wish some folks happy birthday. We're going to have our drawing here in just a second for our birthday prize. But first of all, happy birthday to Michael Mitchell, who is 18 today. Be careful, Michael. It's a dangerous time in your life. Uh, Deanne Schroeder and Deanne Huyen, the Scarberry Twins, you guys, you're going to have to divide this up. I'll leave that up to the two of you, if you are a winner. And Nate Mahan, happy birthday to you. You're in the hat. Whoops, missed. Now we're gonna reach in, we're gonna pick our winner. And that winner is... Michael Mitchell. So Michael, you win four cupcakes from Love Dessert Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cashin Creek. Thank you, Michael, for playing our game. And so that is the uh, birthday prize winner today. We don't have any anniversaries. If we did, we'd put them here. You'd be eligible for 50 bucks at the end of the month. We have a drawing and give away money from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home just for the sake of your anniversary. And it is time for the Trading Post. we got a uh, sale. Let's see. I think it's going on right now okay last day this is the last day to uh, get out to coventry court september 14th is when it started it started at 8 a.m so it runs through today get out to coventry court they are having a huge sale and then also don't forget the Culver townwide garage sale if you want to be on that map and have a sale you got to uh, Get your information to Karen Heim by 4 p.m. on Tuesday, September 20th. So, it's coming Tuesday, uh, there will be maps available on the 22nd at Town Hall, National Bank of Monterey, and the gas stations. You need to, if you want to be on the map, kheim at org, or call the town hall 574 842. 3140. That is the trading post for today. And that is our show for today. Coming up on Monday, I don't know why that did that, but uh, I guess I'll have to figure that out after the show. Uh, We were going to tell you what. The arrangement is for Monday. I believe Jim Van is in. Yes, he is. And we have Marshall County. Dr. Singla is going to be with us. So make sure you're there for that. And until then, we wish you a very happy weekend. And uh, join us again at 9 o'clock on Monday. the the, the, the and that's all folks you're listening to fm 106.1 and am 1050 wtca plymouth this is cbs news on the hour presented by indeed.com
1: I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. Mass graves found in a Ukrainian town recently recaptured from Russia.